When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it's me, it's me, it's the B, Anthony D, and I am here representing the Fan First Sports Network, and here with Bad Language on Steel Curtain Network. Now, if you don't know what Fans First Sports Network is, it's a venture that we have all put together here, and we are excited about whether you are a fan of the NFL MLB, the NHL and the NBA who just started their playoff seasons, whether it's soccer or any of the college sports, we have teams representing them all. The goal is to get everybody, but looking really good so far, especially getting ready for the NFL draft. We also have NFL feeds, our very own Kevin Thatcher Smith. That's coach KT Smith to you and me. And he does the call sheet. It is, from a coach's perspective, a great show. You can check that out wherever you download your favorite podcast. Check out at Fans First SN. So definitely check that out. But hey, there's more. Our very own Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar are doing a series of draft previews on Fans First Sports Network. They're going division by division. Up right now is both the AFC and the NFC East, so check them all out. You're going to hear everybody else as the week continues and progresses because we're talking about the draft right now. And here's me. This is what I like. I like the fact that I know everything about what the Steelers are looking to do or possibly doing or the philosophies. We're doing those mock drafts, trying to see who the Steelers might pick and who might be available, who they're passing up on. But who are the enemies take? And I also want to know what's going on with the Arizona Cardinals. I want to know what's going on with the Detroit Lions and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because they are all in the landscape. They're all picking right around the same time. And you got to know what's going on. And it makes the draft process so much more fun. And that's what we're doing here. We have other stuff beside the draft. If you had a chance to check out Let's Ride this morning. It was a great ride with our studio show. Another Monday morning conversation. Jeff Hartman is absolutely phenomenal with that. Over the weekend, wow, great stuff. Another episode of the Sunday night Q&A. Our very own Kyle Christ from What Ian's Talking About. A brilliant comic, a brilliant mind. Going ahead and putting this stuff on there with Coach Mini T. He just calls him Coach T. A Muppet like no other. One of my favorite Muppets now, and you know I'm a big Muppet guy. Coach T has a room right up there with Kermit and Miss Piggy. And man, I, I tell you what, Kermit better watch out for his job if Minnie Muppet T comes around. But we also had another episode of the State of the Steelers over the weekend with Daniel J. You had the homies, my guys right there, Kevin Tate 
Big G Sean Gurley. We also had Vincent Pace Saunders and Brandon B. Dirt Harriet on that show. Great stuff. My man, Dave Schofield, helped me out. I was in the woods this weekend doing my Scoutmaster thing, and he took care of the week that was for me as well. So very glad to have all of that taken care of. And you know what? If you're not listening to this stuff, you're missing out because there's so many different genres of stuff there. It's not just draft that you're hearing. It's everything. So once again, if you download your favorite podcast, whether it's on Apple, whether it's on Stitcher, 19, Anchor, Google Play, Spotify, everybody else, Bob's Podcast Network. I don't know if Bob has one, but if he does, you can download it there too. We're everywhere. And so is Fans First Sports Network. If you are a fan of the, let's just say, if you are a fan of the Carolina Panthers, we've got a network. If you're a fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins, we got a network. Montreal Canadiens, got a network. What about basketball? What if you're a guy or a gal that kind of likes basketball and you like the Cleveland Cavaliers and you also like the Steelers? Well, familiar names on there, familiar voices. Kevin Tate and Big G, they're there. Tate Boy Fresh and his other guys. They are there. Good stuff. If you're a fan of any sport, if you're a fan of the miscellaneous sports, if you like soccer, you know, the college sports, we've got them. Got it all. So once again, check all of that out. Let's do this thing. Let's talk about the draft, but we're going to go from a different perspective here. And the reason we're going from a different perspective here is, you know, I'm not an X's and O's guy. You all know that. You know, that's kind of not my forte. What my forte more is, is I'm a feeling type guy. I'm a pop culture type sports guy. I like to party like it's 1987. I know Prince Rogers Nelson did not mean it that way. I'm disrespecting Wendy and Lisa and Des Dickerson and the rest of the soon to be revolution. Yeah, I know I am. And I get it. But I'm talking about partying like it's 1987. It's one of my favorite years. I was a sophomore in high school. And when I look at what I like to do with the Steelers, everything's based on memory. Everything's based on the stuff going around the game. What's going on in the locker room? What's going on in their lives? What's going on in the world? You know, that's why I like the pop culture stuff. Another one of my guys that loves that stuff our very own Tony Defio. Tony and I, we do the retro show together. We do, we used to do that and we do stuff like that. And the reason we do is because it reminds us of what it was like to be a kid and our favorite things in life, you know, and being a kid was big to me. 1984 is one of my favorite years and that 1984 Steelers team, they were only nine and seven. They were the youngest team in the league. Loved them. I love talking about that draft too with Lewis Lips. And I love talking about what I was doing and and enjoying all that stuff. So Tony's the same way. And now Tony told me, and he's also putting this in the written form, that he got to stay home for that draft in 1987. I did as well. 
he convinced his mom to let him stay home from school. And he was joking that maybe that wasn't a good parental decision, but since he is now covering the Steelers and able to talk about it, maybe it was a good decision. You know, I think it was a good decision. I stayed home from school as well. Did not know Tony back then. We were probably about 80 miles apart at the time, both Western Pennsylvania kids. But, you know, for me, I grew up with migraines all the time and I got to stay home for that draft. And my parents let me stay home from school. And I got up and the draft started about seven o'clock in the morning. And this was midweek. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe April 28th of 1984, excuse me, 1987, I believe that that was a Thursday. And so they did it two days in a row back then. And that was a 12-round draft. You know, they had 12, 12 rounds. I think they stopped that. 93 was the last year of the 12-round draft. But you had a chance to pick a lot of players. Steelers had a lot of picks back then. They had two sixth-round picks. I think it started at 7 in the morning. Familiar names like Chris Berman. Chris Berman was on there. And also Mel Kuyper, of course. We got to know that guy. I'm like, who is this guy with a big head? And why is he talking about Baltimore not having a team? <laughs> I mean, that was his thing. And now Baltimore has a team again. I didn't know anything about the, a lot of these players. I knew some of them. I, I followed college football, but I basically followed Penn State. So I kind of knew who DJ Dozier, and he was probably going to be a first-round pick, you know? And he was. He ended up going 12th to the Minnesota Vikings. But for me, it was one of those things that... I just couldn't wait to see who the Steelers were going to pick. And I always looked at the paper the next day and I studied it and I knew everything that was going on in the draft, but I was home. I was feeling a little bit better. I was pumped full of furanol. It was called furanol to help my headaches. And so I went downstairs, turned on ESPN and said, yeah, okay, I'm going to check out the draft. Didn't know much about Rod Woodson. I heard he was great. I heard the Steelers probably were going to get this guy. But wanted to check it out, you know, and I did. They weren't going to get him. Rod Woodson was a track star at the time. There were questions on whether he would actually be a hurdler in the Olympics in 88. Tony Dungy goes to Chuck Knoll, who absolutely loves this guy. He loved Tony, but he loved Rod Woodson as as a draft pick. And he goes to him and says, we don't want to spend too much time and resources on looking at Woodson. He's going early. In fact, the Browns are probably going to take him at number five. Browns did not take him at number five. They went with Mike Junkin instead. Mike Junkin, if you don't know who he is, Didn't play that long in the league. Might have been a brother of Trey Junkin, I believe. But wasn't really... It was was the Browns being the Browns, basically. Then Pittsburgh had a wait to see who the Cardinals were going to take, who these other teams were going to take. They dodged the whole Brown situation. Then come 
the Buffalo Bills. And a, a guy that the Steelers really coveted if they weren't going to get Woodson, it was going to be a guy like Shane Conlon from Penn State. And they had just won the national championship. You know, everybody was in love with that team, that Fiesta Bowl team. Oh, gosh, I was in love with that Fiesta Bowl team, you know. So what happened there is they went ahead and selected Shane Conlon, and that was the Buffalo Bills. At number nine, Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles always seem to take corners, you know. They went with Jerome Brown. Sad story, Jerome Brown, great player but passed away in a car accident in 1992. But the Steelers were on the clock now. They ran up so fast, I believe. I wasn't there, but I could imagine a sprint, knocking people over, stiff-arming people to get there, you know, and draft Rod Woodson. It was a good thing they got him because behind him, not a lot of great players whatsoever. Dozier went, Number 12, like I said, didn't have a great career in the league. It wasn't an amazing career. But he stuck around for maybe five years. Steelers were so bad at corner. They had Harvey Clayton, John Swain, Chris Sheffield. Harvey Clayton, great guy, but he was just a whipping post at corner. Man, burnt a lot. If you were following football back then, you know who knew who number 33 was for the Steelers, and it wasn't good. So that's why they needed to go ahead and get a corner, and they got Rod. Other guys that were down there, notable names, you know, late in the late in the first round, I believe around pick 26, John Harbaugh's brother, Jim Harbaugh, goes to the Chicago Bears. I'm still glad the Steelers never got him because I'm just not a Harbs guy. I'm not a Harbs family guy. You know me. Another guy, another family guy that you know the family name, John Bosa went out of Boston College. His sons were more famous for being first rounders as well. Just happened to be uh, Nick and Joey. Ohio State, you may have heard of them. We're 97. Yeah, they went too. They didn't go in the 87 draft. They weren't. I don't believe they were around for that. I was, but they weren't. So John Bosa, you know, they're really, they really would have not had a great pick if they had to select then. Not that many notable names. So they were lucky and they were great. But why am I talking about partying Lincoln's 1987? What does it have to do with the 2023 Steelers? We're going to talk about that when we come back here on the show that you know is Bad Language. Welcome back to Bad Language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis from Fans First Sports Network and Steel Curtain Network. So glad to be with you. We are talking about the 1987 draft and how it might 
actually come into play in 2023. Not really that draft, but the strategy that they used with doubling down. If you remember my show just a couple of weeks ago here in Bad Language, I talked about if they can get any player at the same possession in two of them, that's fantastic. Do it. Do it like they did in 1987, because that's what they did then. But they also had other draft picks where they filled so many needs. It was actually fantastic what they were able to do there. Man, I tell you what, I absolutely love what they did in that draft for so many reasons. And we're going to talk about it here. And I think if they go back and look at transcripts of that draft, they're going to realize actually how good it was. And if they do that this year, man, they could really set themselves up for a very good future because this draft did that for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Really did. So let's go ahead and go ahead and talk about that 1987 draft and the Steelers. And let's look at number two for them. They took a guy from Clemson right after they took a cornerback. They took another one, Delton Hall. And as you know, Delton Hall had a six-year career, or if you don't know, he spent six years in the NFL, five with the Steelers. One with the San Diego Chargers before retiring. He's a guy that also uh, challenged Mike Tyson to a boxing match, which I'm glad that never happened because we would be having a memorial show for Delton Hall probably. <laughs> that would have been bad. There were all these athletes back in the 80s. And when Mike Tyson came out, they're like, yeah, I want to fight Mike Tyson. Like, no, you don't want to fight Mike Tyson. Stop it. That's dumb. Don't do that. You are going to get murdered. So the 38th pick of the draft, they get Delton Hall. Delton, what's he do? He comes out and wins the Joe Green Great Performance Award. Not Rod Woodson. Rod Woodson only spent half a season in his rookie year. A little bit of a holdout, thinking about track, thinking about money, that kind of stuff. Chuck Noll, if you're not there, he's not talking about you. So they put all their eggs in the basket of Delton Hall, and he wins it. Fantastic. He did a great job. Best season, though. He had three interceptions as a rookie. He ended up with two touchdowns that season, one on a fumble recovery as well. He had two fumble recoveries. So very good player in his rookie year. That was his best year. Had some injuries, but his performance went down. Luckily, they did have Rod Woodson. But the reason I'm talking about this, I would love to see the Steelers take a guy like Joey Porter if he's there or Devin Witherspoon, or my gosh, I don't think he's going to be there, but Christian Gonzalez would be amazing. And then what about pick 48? What if a guy like Emmanuel Forbes is still around? That's fantastic. If you can get a guy like that, you go ahead and grab him. And you know what? At that point, you are going to have two corners set for the future. In that show a couple of weeks ago, I said, hey, offensive tackles, defensive tackle. You know, if you have two guys that you think are great and you can get early, I'm not saying back-to-back. You don't have to get them at 17 and 32. I'm just saying, stock up. In the third round that year, the Steelers took a wide receiver. Charles Lockett wasn't great for the Steelers at number 66. Spent two years with the team, nowhere else. 
ended up not being that many great wide receivers after him in 1987's draft. Now, there's one that did go in that draft, but he didn't go in the draft. And I want to talk about him real quick. It's Chris Carter. Everyone's like, Chris Carter was one of two Hall of Famers in that draft with Rod Woodson. And I say, actually, no, he wasn't. But bad, it says right here, fifth round pick. Look at the fine print. Supplemental draft. I don't know if you remember much about the supplemental draft. But that was for players that maybe were suspended or out of football or didn't quite have all the credits or weren't able to go then for some reason. It could have been academic. It could have been injury. It could have been what have you. But they were able to come out early, but they still had eligibility left. One of the most famous was 1985. Great. There's great documentaries. I don't know whether it's a 30 for 30, but Bernie Kosar is one of those guys. And in this very draft that we're talking about, 1987, Brian Bosworth. Seattle ended up giving away first-round pick in 1988 because they took him in the summer. So, you know, when you talk about this draft in the Hall of Famers, there's really essentially only one, and it's Rod Woodson. Chris Carter's a draft pick, but he wasn't eligible at this time, so you can't call him a Hall of Famer from this draft. Only one. Pittsburgh got him. But the wide receivers weren't great. After that, not a good, I mean, just not a good wide receiver draft. Even in the first round, Ricky Teal, Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram Sr., he went. But these guys didn't have amazing careers. Only two, three wide receivers in the first round. Haywood Jeffries was another one. Good receiver, nothing great. So they missed out. They missed out with that third pick. They didn't get anybody good. And that that happens in drafts. You expect that to happen a lot. And we've seen it a lot. One guy that went in the third round had a very good career as a wide receiver, Mark Carrier, but he went 10 picks before Charles Lockett was picked. So they would have not had an opportunity to get him either. So they didn't miss out on a guy. Steven Baker was once again, the next guy at wide receiver to be drafted. Kelvin Martin guys that you're not Bruce Hill, just guys that you're not excited. about. So you can't really say that they missed out on Chris Carter because that once again, wasn't in that draft, but let's go to round four. And this is why I'm talking about, looking at the model and what you can get in 2023, like 1987. Steelers went and got two corners right away. Pick 94, they go with Thomas Everett, the safety out of Baylor. Thomas Everett, my gosh, he would hit you like a Mack truck. In fact, I always worried. I always thought he was going to break his neck because like Donnie Shell, who spent one season with him in 1987, he was a torpedo, but less like Donnie Shell. This guy led with his head a lot. He was tough. He won two Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys. He spent some good time with the Pittsburgh Steelers, though. Very good player and helped set up those glory years. Even though they're not Super Bowl winning glory years, 
set up some good years. So the Steelers need to add to the safety room this year. They need to add defensive backs. If they're able to do something just like that and get fantastic pro players like these guys, they're going to be in good shape. What do we talk about with the Steelers this year? Something that they need more than anything. We know they need an inside linebacker. Pick 122, they went to the Cal Bears and took an inside linebacker. And he spent some time with the Steelers, went to a Pro Bowl with the Steelers, had a great career elsewhere. It's Hardy Nickerson. Love Hardy Nickerson. I wish he could have been around longer, but they had the players. They had Levon Kirkland, which who they drafted in 1992. After the 1992 season, Hardy Nickerson left. In 1993, they picked Chad Brown. They, they had the guys. You know, so they had excess. And it's a lot because of this draft for the Steelers. Steelers were picking well. So go back to 2023. If you could pick up an inside linebacker, that would be amazing. What about a defensive tackle? What about an edge rusher? How would you like to get some of those guys? Well, with two sixth round picks, they were able to do it. We want to do that in 2023. They did it in 1987. And check these guys out. First of all, a lot of not everybody remembers Tim Johnson. But Penn State, what a, a magical year for Penn State in that Fiesta Bowl. Tim Johnson spent 10 years in the league. Not all with the Steelers. I believe he spent three or four years, I believe three with the Steelers before moving on to Washington and having a great career. I believe he won a ring with Washington. But Tim Johnson at defensive tackle was tough up front. And we knew him. A lot of people knew him because of Penn State. Very good player for the Steelers. He moved on because it was contract related. He wanted to be paid more. The Steelers had other guys to pay. They did not put the value on him. They couldn't put the value on him. And he ended up leaving. But man, you add a good defensive tackle like a Tim Johnson in this draft. Fantastic. And I, re I realize they don't have the 13 picks like they did in 1987. But right now at this point, before I talk to the next, talk about the next guy, they hit on six of seven picks. It's absolutely amazing how they hit on these guys. Number six, one of the best of all besides Rod Woodson. They got 11 years in the league out of Greg Lloyd, 10 of them here in Pittsburgh, 1987 to 1998. But he didn't start in 1987 because of injury. He actually uh, did not start his career. He actually played in 1988. Out of Fort Valley State, this guy's a monster. Not hired for my disposition. No, he wasn't. But man, was he fantastic. I love me some Greg Lloyd. Avoid Lloyd is what everybody else did, but not the Pittsburgh Steelers. With their second pick in the sixth round at 150. In the seventh round, they took a tight end named Chris Kelly. He didn't work out. One year in the league. Didn't start for the Steelers. I think he ended up having two games with the Steelers. Didn't work. Would have loved to have seen them 
<laughs> pick out, think outside the box here with a guy that went in that round a little bit later. His name was Bo Vincent. Vincent was his name. Vincent Jackson. He went by Bo. May have heard of him. Raiders picked him. Rest is history. Imagine, let's revise history. What if the Steelers pick Bo Jackson? Bo Jackson might have an amazing career in the league. He might be the Hall of Famer of all Hall of Famers. If the Steelers or any other team really pick Bo Jackson. Because he's not exposed to the situation that he was with a hip pointer in that playoff game against Cincinnati. The last playoff game Cincinnati won until after the 2021 season. It's 30 years. Maybe it was the curse of Bo Jackson. I don't know. Can you imagine if they would have had Vincent? Oh, oh. Nobody ever talks about that. But And that could have been Al Davis doing an inside deal, looking around. A lot of people forgot about him. In 1986, he was the number one overall pick. Said he was going to play baseball. Said he was never going to play for Hugh Culver House and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because, you know, they screwed him over. Baseball, they they got him suspended from playing baseball. He missed out on the uh, College World Series. Oh, he would have, that's, and they drafted him anyways. He said, don't draft me. I'm not coming. And he did not balk. But anyways, not really here to talk about the career of Bo Jackson, but that would have been really cool. Who we're here to talk about the career of, though, number 10, 261 overall, an Idaho State Vandal came to Pittsburgh, Merrill Hodge. Hodge. Oh, I love Hodge. 1987 to 1993, he had really bad concussions at the end of his career. Tried one more year with the Chicago Bears. It, it wasn't good because of his head wasn't there. It wasn't mental. It was, man, he, he was beat up. Merrill Hodge survived that, survived uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Great story. If you check out my The More You Know and Behind the Steel Curtain, we do a lot of Merrill Hodge in that article that came out yesterday. But when you look at all these draft picks and the years that they played in the league, 17, 6, 9, 16, 10, 11, and 8. That's 77 years out of Rod Woodson, Dalton Hall, Thomas Everett, Hardy Nickerson, Tim Johnson, Greg Lloyd, and Merrill Hodge. That's eight players. 77 years. Average of a little over nine. Like nine and a half. Now, the Steelers didn't get every single year because they some of these guys played in different locales. But what they did in that draft that I'm just going crazy over is the fact they added two starting corners. They added a starting safety, a starting inside linebacker, a starting defensive tackle, a starting edge rusher, and eventually a starting running back. They're not really looking for that running back this year. But what if they could get at least one starting corner? Love to get two, but one starting corner 
get a starting safety, get an edge, get an ILB. That would be phenomenal. That would be a phenomenal draft for them. Once again, they don't have 13 picks. But with the picks they have, and don't be surprised if they trade down even just a couple picks to add a couple more. This is, some people say that this is not a deep draft. But the Steelers can make it deep because they're picking four times in the first 80 picks and five in the first 120. So for that, the Steelers have the potential to pull up a 1987. And for me, I would be feeling like I was 14 or 15 years old all over again. And I would be celebrating it's 1987 here in 2023. This has been Bad Language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, and as always, I ain't apologizing for nothing. Mm-hmm.